Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we are going to be talking all about the upcoming Community Day. There's going to be Twitch drops for everyone. How is Sea of Thieves working together with Parkinson's Foundation to help those in need? Also, we got a great listener question in by email, so we're going to be addressing that and more on this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. But before I get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons because they're the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash Keel Podcast to support the content that you're listening to now. So thank you to People's Republic, L Cute, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Hasco, Captain Hayes, Chateau Neuf, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mir, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, Jabaro 5, Carl Embo, Kazia the Rogue, Light Night Star, sorry, Knight, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Raja the Brave, Registella, Replicated Fla- Flame, sorry, Replicated, sorry, I'm messing these up today. Replicated Flame, Rust Bell Kid, Norwegian, Skamelt 666, Captain Dasm, That Kilted Guy, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, The Lore Chronologist, Deadeye Dre, Heger Owl, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam Wow. Thank you all so much. Sorry for those that I actually messed up the name on that, but I love you guys so much. Thank you all so much for your support. Uh, thank you for for considering this something that you're willing to donate for. Um, I really do appreciate it. It, it really does help out. Thank you. Uh, and with that, let's get into the episode. <laughs> First up on today's docket, let's talk about Sea of Thieves Community Day. This is the Season 8 Community Day, and it's going to be for February 11th, which means that it's going to start on February 11th. It's going to be 10 a.m. UTC, which is usually about 2 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you are going to be able to play for the next 24 hours. Thankfully, this kicks off over in the U.K., which means that for a lot of folks, uh, they're going to be working through the hashtag Sea of Thieves Community Day. Now, much like last Community Day and Community Days before that, we are going to have a top grade that is going to give everyone two and a half times the regular amount of gold, reputation, and seasonal around for handing in hard-earned treasure. Now, the way you do this is you engage with it over on Twitter. Uh, the more you use and interact with people using the hashtag Sea of Thieves Community Day, uh, the more the grade will increase until it caps at five. Once it caps at five, everyone will be able to earn that two and a half times. Now, much like the last Community Day, the gold rush periods are going to be turned off for the duration of the day. So. You don't have to stack to try and get as much possible. You can turn in knowing that once it's hit that top grade of emissary uh, community emissary grades, then you will be able to earn as much as you want. So once that fifth community emissary grade is unlocked, turn in everything you want. Doesn't matter uh, when you'll be able to get that maximum value after we hit grade five. With this being Season 8 and having the battle for Sea of Thieves, which according to a lot of LFG groups are just calling them the HGs for Hourglass, uh, there's also going to be a fixed uh, boost to Allegiance, giving players a great opportunity to accelerate their faction progress towards either one or both of Sea of Thieves' newest curses, which means that now is going to be the best time to go diving. Hopefully, you guys will have a really good time with this, and if you're working towards uh, going through that, then you'll probably have a fair amount of opportunity to get some pretty good levels. Um, this is something I've been talking with Davram about. He came up with the idea to uh, kind of celebrate Community Day in our own way, and while we won't be diving, um, mostly for my sake, uh, we will be going through all of the Tall Tales, all original Tall Tales. So we'll be going one through nine. We're going to be doing Seabound Soul, Hard of fire uh, we're going to go through all of them as many as much as we can to really kind of enjoy this because honestly i really don't necessarily need the gold the gold would be nice but 
this is kind of a moment for us to kind of enjoy the community and going through the tall tales, especially with both of us enjoying the story of Sea of Thieves, it'll be kind of fun to go back and kind of take us through some of those. And yeah, it's, it's not going to be something that will probably earn us a lot of gold, but we imagine that for this, you're probably going to see a lot of streamers out there who are going diving and they're going to be doing a lot of PVP and we wanted to offer something that would be something different. So we are going to be working through all of the tall tales. Um, this is going to kick off probably around our normal time. So on Saturdays, uh, typically he and I start up around 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 4 p.m. Eastern Standard. And I believe uh, it's going to be 9 p.m. Uh, GMT or UTC, I think, is, is the time frame right now. I'm not quite sure where we're at with the, uh, with the, the fallback spring forward time zone thing. So forgive me for that. But it looks like we are going to be able to have kind of the traditional Season 8 Community Day. Um, you're going to be able to log in at any point uh, during that time to be able to earn the latest flag for the Community Day. If you don't remember past Community Days, you've been able to get a flag to commemorate the moment. And if you log in during this Community Day, you will also be able to get a uh, second bonus, which is a Top Drawer Scorecard Emote. Now the scorecard, scorecard, yeah, scorecard emote uh, will be free. You can equip it, and when you uh, use it, you will lift up a scorecard above your head, and it will rank between one and ten. And that number is going to actually be random, so it's not going to be like you have ten emotes. So. If someone does something and you want to give them like a, a score for it, uh, you can use the scorecard emote, which will be free for this day and uh, be able to give them an idea of like, you know, this is how good you did. Is, is it a 10 out of 10 or is it a 2 out of 10, you know, or it could be perfect at a 7 out of 10. You never know. So very cool that they're doing this um, just to kind of give folks an opportunity to get something to really incentivize folks, folks to log in during that day as it is Community Day. There's also going to be um, ways to kind of participate with other streamers or if you're or streamers in general. So if you head over to Twitch, uh, anyone that is um, streaming Sea of Thieves, you will be able to earn the flintlock uh the ebon flintlock or the um oh i just blinked on oh the celestial steed sails uh this was something that i was actually talking on the last time i was streaming because i i remember this being a twitch drop but apparently this was a twitch pack this was like a amazon or a twitch gaming pack uh because i remember this was the the kind of uh, prime gaming like you got the prime ape uh which was the gold or not the gold the purple monkey and you got the Celestial Steed uh, cosmetics for your ship. So they're bringing back the sails, and they're also bringing back the Ebon Flintlock. Now, the Ebon Flintlock, if you don't know, has been one of those coveted items. Now, they have the Mercenary Flintlock in the game, which is kind of their way to balance the fact that the Ebon Flintlock was um, the only flintlock pistol in the game for a very long time that actually had an aim down sights or a, an iron sight on it um those longtime listeners know i've talked about this in the past they've they've given away codes at different conventions they've done twitch drops a few times in the past um i remember the battle for london uh where they had folks in a in a in like a tube station they were actually uh doing battle for sea thieves under there and they were doing live streams for it and whatnot and if you tuned in you could actually uh earn the the ebon flintlock that way i remember i earned it from the uh, very first kind of streams that they were doing back in the, the 2018. But the Ebon Flintlock is part of the Obsidian set. So a lot of folks that have been uh, playing the game for a long time, trying to get the Obsidian six pack, trying to get the Obsidian capstan or the Blunderbuss um, or the Black Sea Dog set, all of those have always been very tough to get uh, unless you happen to know someone or you spend a lot of money on eBay. Um, otherwise you had to have been there right so um, this is something that I would encourage everyone because they don't bring this out too often you usually have to wait for a pretty good moment for them to bring in the Evan Flintlock and given that the uh, partnered streamers are now trading in their six packs and their capstans uh, they're going to be giving away different cosmetics now so um, if you were if you're looking to try and fill out the rest of that obsidian set um, this is going to be one of the few times where you're going to be able to pick up the flint lock so make sure that you you set a reminder if you if you're if you haven't got it and you're you're listening to this now i would encourage you pause the podcast pause the youtube video uh put a reminder on your phone to log in on community day so that way you don't miss out 
on the stuff that you can get in game but also make sure that you pop over to twitch to watch anyone who is actually participating in these drops to make sure that you get that ebon flintlock because it's a very nice pistol i use it every single day that i go out sailing it's either that or the launch crew eye of reach or the ferryman's blunderbuss those are like the three items that i use those are my main ones and i absolutely love them wanted to kind of read from this because this is a bit of the marketing that Sea of Thieves put out. Um, this is them kind of saying like, hey, if you if you love Sea of Thieves and you wanted to buy some merchandise, there's some ways for you to save some money on that. So uh, to, to kind of talk a little bit about what they said here, let's go into what their little post over on Sea of Thieves News says. It says from Saturday, February 11th to Wednesday, February 15th, swing by the Pirate Emporium to peruse, which I love that word, an assortment of lovey-dovey items, all under the spell of our delightful discount sale. Uh, fans, fan favorites such as the Reaper's Heart pets and matching weapons will have their prices slashed during the duration of the sale. And a whole host of romantic emotes will also be up for grabs at a discounted cost of ancient coins. It's not just the vendors of the Sea of Thieves who are all in on making sure your bag, uh, you bag a bargain either. All Sea of Thieves themed items on the Rare Merchandise Store will be eligible for a 30% discount from or for the duration of Community Day to any 30, no, to any thrifty shopper using the Community Day discount code. And that's Community Day altogether, no spaces. Uh, they have it capitalized here. I don't know if it's case sensitive or not, but just use community day all together, no spaces uh, to be able to get 30% off of any of the Sea of Thieves themed merchandise. Um, they've also got everything a pirate might need uh, to gift their loved ones on this Valentine's Day. So if you're ready to lay all your cards on the table to a secret love, uh, we can help you with the cards uh, as well as the table. And it's a bit of a joke there because they actually have like playing cards and a Sea of Thieves table there. Um, so if you've been kind of wanting some of those or maybe you've even been collecting the Community Day uh, t-shirts, I know I have the first one just to kind of commemorate the moment. Um, those are going to be made available, uh, which I believe this season, this community is going to be a, is it a purple or is it a pink one? Let me take a look here because I'm pretty sure it is a pink one, but I don't want to be wrong because, you know, who knows who's thinking about whatever and is going to make a comment about the fact that it's not that but there is going to be oh so it's both <laughs> it's actually both so it's a beautiful pink and purple hues uh event flag so chances are probably a uh, purple flag with pink community day uh iconography on it also during this community day if you don't know uh this is when they typically do the hashtag be more pirate and the be more pirate is kind of a way for uh others to celebrate those in the community um typically amazing artists players creators community mvps uh anyone who is um trying to champion the betterment of the community it doesn't matter how you do it um but if you're over on twitter and you uh have people who are voting for you it's saying it's not really voting it's not there's no voting but it is kind of a nomination like you're being nominated for the be more pirate uh so use the hashtag be more pirate for those that you uh, think deserve the hat of unfeasibly glorious fame um this was something that i picked up uh on the first or second I believe community day and uh have been wearing for a fair amount of time since then um it's really nice that folks uh are, are able to kind of get rewarded in game um for just being cool people out in the community you know i love seeing the hats out there um typically this is mostly uh like artists and streamers so i'd love to just get folks out there who uh, aren't out there as a creator, but just as a, a very good supporter. So I've got a few people in mind that I'm going to be nominating for the Be More Pirate to try and get them a hat just because of the work that they put in for my community specifically. And if you guys uh, know any of them that you can think of, uh, definitely help me champion them because they've helped my community out, they've enriched it, and they've done a, a fantastic job um, just being some of the amazing folks in the community. So uh, you'll be able to earn that hat if enough uh, people kind of uh, bring attention to them. Um, so I don't want to say that it's a popularity contest, but 
um, the more people nominate others, uh, the better chance it is that Rare will deem them worthy. Next up on today's docket, let's talk about Season 8's Style of Thieves. Now, if you remember last season, Season 7, we had a Style of Thieves contest. This was for the Sea of Thieves gloves or the Sea of Style gloves. These are uh, a slightly different color than the uh, unfeasibly um, uh, like glorious hat. And uh, this one is going to be a little interesting because they've changed up how this is going to work. Now, if you don't remember last time, you had 24 hours with four different themes on four different days. You would post a picture with the hashtag Sea of Style uh, and and you would then be um, given uh, to the, the team to be able to pull out the finalists. Uh, now, the finalists were then presented and then voted on by the community. They're changing things up a little bit, and I think it's for the better because if we're being honest, it was a little bit of a popularity contest last time uh, from what I thought. And I'm hoping that this is something that can be a lot more anonymous like i'm fine posting my pirate and being put into an anonymous pool of photos for the team to decide so um, the way you go about this is that you will be um, given 24 hours to submit your screens for each theme uh, each theme is going to be given um, in the future i'm not sure when they're going to be posting this uh, and then you post your photos so then uh, after you post the photos on Twitter, you want to make sure actually, yes, because uh, it's at Sea of Thieves and hashtag Style of Thieves on Twitter. If you're over on Instagram, you'll need to use at Sea of Thieves game. And if you're over on Facebook, which I, I will be very supply, uh, surprised, you need to post your submission as a reply to the theme on Facebook uh, or through the hashtag pirate dash fashion channel in the official Sea of Thieves Discord. So there's going to be a pirate fashion channel through Discord. There's going to be at Sea of Thieves game on Instagram. There's going to be a post that you will reply to on Facebook. Or if you're over on Twitter, you can use at Sea of Thieves and the hashtag style of thieves. Um, the winner selection, let's talk about this. The biggest change compared to their first season is that the shortlisting and winner selection will happen internally. Uh, the Sea of Thieves team will then include special guest judges from their art team, and they will whittle down the entries of their most fashionable favorites uh, with the three top model marauders per category. A total of 12 pairs of the glorious fashionista finery gloves will then be awarded at the end of the season's contest. That's that's what I really appreciate about this. This should be something that the team at Rare believes are the best and the special guest judges will help kind of keep things anonymous because I think that the Sea Thieves community team know who a lot of the pirates that are very popular over on the different social medias are uh, and I want to make this as fair to everyone as possible and I'm glad that they're doing this over on Twitter on Instagram through the discord as well as through Facebook because it really opens up the ability for folks who aren't just going to be through Twitter or Instagram to participate in ways that you normally would um, especially if you aren't that social this is a nice way for you to be able to um, kind of uh, uh, get your photos in without necessarily having to um, live and breathe on twitter here are some of the uh, things that they wanted to provide you to kind of give you an idea since this is a, a blog post i figured this would be a good way for me to kind of convey this to those that are interested in doing this because gloves are just one of those things that you might want to collect um, so here are some of the hints and rules that they are providing no costumes uh, at all so these all have to be things that you can put together with different pieces of uh, cosmetics you can't use any of the all-in-one costumes that you can purchase or get through uh, any means so avoid those um, unless a theme calls for it all shots should be solo snaps no crews at all, just one pirate at a, per, at a time. Only the pirate in the picture will be eligible for the prize. Find a simple or plain background to pose against uh, to let your outfit pop. Backgrounds and locations will not be counted as adding to the theme. What I recommend doing, honestly, uh, once you have your cosmetic set, go out 
to your ship, uh, climb up into the crow's nest and stand out on the crow's nest and just take a quick photo of it with you kind of doing a, a very blank or, or very casual emote if you want, but I recommend just having it as plain as possible. That way they can get a good idea of what your uh, look is as opposed to um, how much are you trying to guss it up. Uh, lighting is key. So find a well-lit spot to show off your pics. Uh, any colored or tactical lighting will not be considered as part of the outfit. Again, go during the middle of the day and see a thieves, you know, usually in at like a 10 to 10 to 12 or 10 to 4, usually a good time depending on then. Get up in your crow's nest. Just take a blank photo against this against the skyline. It's going to be the best opportunity for you to have something that doesn't get disqualified for something like uh, having having weird things like that. I don't know if you'll get disqualified. Don't don't quote me on that. I'm just trying to give you guys a bet, a good heads up. Um, also, make sure that you turn off your HUD. That way, it's completely clean. Uh, screenshots should be true to the game. There's no editing. There's no filters. Don't mess around with it. Keep your submissions by the 16 by 9 ratio, which is just very standard uh, a screen for most people. I don't think anyone are any of you playing Sea of Thieves on a 4 by 3 monitor. If you're not sure, you probably aren't. Uh, and then screenshots, um, emotes are allowed. Uh, any features added to the costume via the emote won't be taken into consideration during the judging either. So unlike a lot of SOT shots where you can use emotes and things like that to kind of build out the story of your SOT shot, these are purely based off of cosmetics, something I really respect. So make sure that you're just standing there or using a very clean emote, nothing that's going to add any variety to it to kind of show off what your costume looks like. Once the short lists uh, are compiled per theme, the entries across all platforms um, uh, or using entries across all platforms, meaning it's not necessary to post your submission to all channels. Uh, if you make sure you use the correct tags, they'll see it. So that is one of those things like it doesn't matter where you post this as long as you post it on one of the four places that they said either facebook instagram uh, twitter or their discord channel it doesn't matter where they'll see them all so don't worry about you know having to go to all the different places um, this is something i am very seriously going to be entering into i took very serious uh, uh, approach to when the first one happened um, and it was great to see a bunch of folks who did actually get uh, the gloves I am looking forward to getting them if I do actually win if I win I'll be very happy because I'll add those to uh, my collection um, knowing that I've got good style because I'm being perfectly honest and not too humble uh, I do think that I love being able to put together a pretty nice outfit. So um, hopefully those of you uh, get creative, talk about it with other folks. You know, if you if, if you want to come up with some different ideas, um, just make sure you're doing it solo. You're doing it against a plain background. There's no editing. There's no uh, 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 costumes in there. And that those will give you some of the best uh, tips for being able to get considered for the finalists uh, when they do actually come out with the different themes. We don't know what the themes are yet. Um, we're just kind of waiting until probably community day for being honest they'll probably announce the four themes and then let us know when the four themes will start uh and then how long you'll have before they tell us like when the end of the actual event goes so be very curious to see but it looks like it's going to start off on the 11th Next up on today's docket, let's talk about the creator crew, or not the creator crew, but the uh, the legends that have come from creator crew. Um, we did find out that the creator crew has been expanded to include some legends that are some MVPs in the community. Shout out to them, uh, especially with coming up with the community day. Just a good way to kind of say thanks for all that they do for the streaming community. Um, if you happen to see one, just give them a heads up and let them know. Otherwise, you can head over to Sea of Thieves' channel and see the Sea of Thieves TV, uh, this uh, or the television show, whatever they want to call it. Um, but they are going to be doing a community day uh, bingo card. This is going to be something that the devs, uh, some of the devs are going to be on there streaming with the community, just kind of uh, sailing around. And apparently there's a bit of a bingo card. So um, this is going to be something that I think that many of us are going to work on. Um, there's some really funny ones in here. So like sail with a Reaper's Mark for 30, flying for 30 minutes, uh, create a piece of loot art, um, reach grade five as any emissary. 
there's a, a couple of them like have a pirate that's not part of your crew laugh at a nautical joke uh, complete a sea fort without visiting the fairy of the damned have a drink with another crew in a tavern uh, detonate a gunpowder barrel on another cruise ship spot a cloud that's a funny shape i'm gonna leave that one alone catch a trophy fish uh, host a fireworks show for another crew complete a fort of the damned um, sit on a skeleton throne don't do that uh, cook food on another cruise ship have every flame of fate present on your ship uh, complete a voyage without visiting the fairy of the damned um, let's see what's another one here give another crew a chest of legends Hoha, um, that's a tough one right there. I don't know anyone that's going to be able to work on that. Give another crew a pineapple of peace. Encourage your crew to wear a community day outfit. They've also got a checklist here that was kind of nice, you know, something that you can make sure that you're doing. Set sail and collect your free flag and emote. Share a tweet using the hashtag CFE's Community Day. Watch a participating streamer for 20 minutes to earn the Celestial Steed sails and Ebon Flintlock pistol. Yeah, pistol. <laughs> I, was, I was tripping over pistol. Uh, peruse the sale at uh, raregames.store. Set out on your favorite voyage or head towards something interesting. Take some screenshots to remember the day. Keep an eye on the horizon. Cash your loot in regularly. And all, uh, and, and, and as always have fun. I really love that they're doing the community day. Um, one of the interesting things that came out of this is, uh, there is some, um, little on, on the actual video that they put out for this for season eight's community day, the bingo card in the, in the checklist are on, um, a screen that kind of has some coins, a tricorn hat, an inkwell and a compass on it with a, a little bit of a, a shrubbery nearby next to the water. And, um, some folks have put pointed out that the compass that is on the table is a gold and purple version of the compass that looks like Jack has, uh, which some folks are speculating that this is a tease from Rare that we're going to be getting more Pirates Life uh, content, that we're gonna be getting more of the Disney content with Jack Sparrow and Davy Jones in them. Um, some even going as far as to think that maybe this is the uh, beginning of hints for the captain joining us. Um, I don't know that that's something that they decided on. I think, as always, this is just a very interesting compass. Um, I'm very curious to find out like more about it being a gold and purple version because I would I would love to have a gold and purple version of Jack Sparrow's compass um, as we really only get to use the one during the Tall Tales, right? That's really the only time we ever get to really see it. Um, I would love for there to be more content uh, for Pirate's Life. I think this year would be a very interesting year um, to get more content for that. Uh, we know that the um, team that is working on the cinematics is is uh, working on a lot of stuff. We don't necessarily know all of the stuff that they're going to be working on, but we know that the um, content that they're going to be put out is uh, not full cinematics. It's going to be mixing with gameplay for the adventures to try and communicate a little bit more about what you're going to be doing during those adventures. Um, but it definitely has a lot of folks kind of getting their hopes up that we're going to see something exciting for E3. I myself would love to have uh, some some big showcase item for Rare to be able to put forth with E3. I think E3 is a very exciting time for a lot of gamers. And genuinely like it would be fantastic to be able to have something like that i would love to have a huge story moment that really does kind of say like hey sea of thieves is a game that's worth playing sent out to kind of the broad gamer community in general not just uh those of us that are are fans of the game and, and having fun with it as always um so I would love to see them do that. That's that's I don't think that they're teasing this early on uh, with anything that's that's Pirates of the Caribbean related, um, because I genuinely think that it's maybe just a little too soon for that kind of stuff. If you think about it, the the teams that are working on the content, they're all working on adventures. They're all working on the community decisions and stuff and we don't know how much of their team is actually being pulled away to work on content that's outside of those two main things so it'll be very curious to see like if we do get a really big drop i imagine we will get something exciting for the the fifth anniversary i think they're going to really do something big to kind of showcase the the fifth anniversary of the game and if we do get something that is um adjacent to that at e3 it will probably be its own thing and uh, I, I do expect that we will get some really good story moments throughout this uh, year for 2023 but 
Um, I'm, I'm not looking at the video with the one compass as a, a proper teaser to us getting Pirates of the Caribbean content, because I think if we were going to, they might've given more hint about that at the orb stream or done nothing until it was a complete surprise for E3. I don't think that they wanted to lead too much into that. They do do a lot of teases, but I think those teases are very measured given the the time away from uh, how long we actually see the content for that kind of thing. Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any two vip books or use the affiliate link for green man gaming if you're a pc gamer or you'd like to save money on games it's one of the benefit of being a pc gamer head over to green man gaming you can get codes for steam epic any of the different stores that they have deals going on they have deals going on all the time and if you plan on buying there please consider using our affiliate link all of that goes straight to me through the network thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast it means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show and that's pretty much it as far as the sea of thieves community day and what you need to know again this is all happening this week it's the 11th of february so make sure that you're taking time to to plan accordingly uh cancel anything with anyone that you you wanted to to do this upcoming weekend um so that way you have time to be able to work on this uh and while i was kind of thinking about it um i was talking with davram on stream this last saturday and the idea idea came up and I, I most of you know I don't get a chance to really jump into the insider so I don't know if the, I'm sure they've probably already tested the next adventure um, but I haven't gotten a chance to check it out and I don't really necessarily want to be spoiled so if this is what's actually happening please please don't let me know I would I would very much rather just kind of discover it on my own uh, when I get a chance to actually play through it um, but we were talking about the latest adventure with Briggsy. And I, I, I was bringing it up because Tomas on Twitter had a really funny tweet that was talking about Salty and how Salty at one point was a, a, an, a one of the different tool merchant vendors and then just out of nowhere turned into a skeleton parrot who can talk. Uh, and everyone just kind of took it at face value. Oh, well, Salty turned into a skeleton parrot. I guess that's where we're at with him. And now, as you look at the latest adventure with Tasha, everyone seems to be extremely concerned about what's going to happen to Tasha. Everyone is very concerned about her being cursed, and they want to save Tasha from turning into a skeleton. Meanwhile, Salty, who is still over on Plunder Valley, is still just kind of chilling there as a uh, cursed skeleton parrot. And... That was when uh, Justice for Salty um, came came to be from Tomas. And uh, it was kind of funny because as I was thinking about it and as I was talking to Davram about this, the idea sparked in my head and I hadn't thought about it until now. But if you've finished the latest adventure where Briggsy has agreed to escort the uh, the the uh, Dark Brethren um, with a very different voiced warsmith, which is very sus, uh, it, they've agreed to try and find the temple in the Sea of the Damned that would have the cure for Tasha. Now, if you've been following the adventure up until this point, you know that the Dark Brethren Court have been following the trail of Briggsy to try and find out where this cure is to weaponize it against the uh, Flameheart and those who are uh, seeking to, re to retain their skeleton status due to the immortality and lack of uh, a kind of care for sleep or, or food or things like that. Um, that would naturally inhibit them from being the pirates for all eternity, uh, which I, I always 
kind of thing is funny because they're always eating bananas to save themselves. Um, but to kind of get at the heart of this, uh, currently the warsmith is trying to uh, get this cure to be able to um, bring back Flameheart so that he can get killed. And it was very interesting to think about the end of season or the the end of the second adventure because we were given a gold cursed cannonball that should slow down the process of Tasha becoming a skeleton. And if you actually head over to Ancient Spire Outpost and you go to the tavern, you can actually see that tavern uh, has a new ornament next to the music box, and it is the gold curse cannonball right next to Tasha. Um, the thing that I was thinking about when we were actually talking about this was I had this crazy idea that given that this cannonball is intended to slow the curse, I don't know if it'll actually cure the curse because I imagine they can't just give the cure away because they have to find the temple. But there's always a, a possibility of them being able to imbue the curse or, or the cure for the curse um, in the cannonball and use it. So the idea in my mind was, wouldn't it be interesting if we found out what the cure was or if, if this curse cannonball really was as powerful as it is to be able to slow the curse of turning into a skeleton? What if we used this against the Warsmith? Wouldn't it be interesting if we actually used the Cursed Cannonball? We actually got to fire the cannonball and hit the Warsmith, who has been turned into a skeleton and really just like loves the fact that she's a, a cursed skeleton. She has no problems with being a skeleton. She loves it. Um... And wouldn't it be interesting if something happened where if she got hit with this cursed cannonball, it turned her back into a human? Wanda, what would she do? What would the outcome of that be? Would there be something that would actually cause her strife uh, with the fact that we could reverse in some way the curse that she uh, kind of cherishes at this point. I'm very curious to hear what folks think if this is something that's a possibility. And bear in mind, this is with the caveat. If you have tested the adventure, the next adventure in Insiders, if, if that's been live and you've gotten a chance to actually you know, check it out and, and see what it is and know what's going to happen, I, I really would like you to kind of exclude yourself from the discussion on this because finding out stuff uh, ahead of time and then alluding to it or even saying that that's not what happens is also falls under the idea that you already know what's happening and by talking about it you not only are you technically breaking the NDA but you're really kind of putting others in a bad position um, who are looking to speculate those of us who are looking to kind of talk about it without knowledge or, or prior information about it and have some fun with the speculation aspect of it being able to come up with our own ideas of what could happen you know the what ifs and living in that world so if you haven't gotten a chance to test it out if it's something that's been made available um, and you'd like to have this kind of uh, chat about it there's a sea of thieves lore channel in the discord for keelhauled podcast um, where you can go and kind of chat about this but i'd be i'd love to hear some thoughts about the the gold cannonball and if it's something we could actually use if it's something we could actually weaponize because Thanks to this latest adventure, we know we can hold it in our hands. Uh, I don't think it's ever, uh, it's, it's a quest item, so you can't use it like a traditional cannonball. But wouldn't it be interesting if the next adventure set us up to be able to um, go into the Sea of the Damned, take the cursed cannonball with us, with Tasha, and then end up actually using it against one of the Brethren Court members. That's what's kind of been rocking around in my brain um, as I've been thinking about some of the stuff that could happen in the coming adventure. Uh, it would be very interesting if we could have a cannonball that was actually a beneficial cannonball as the way this one seems to be. And it doesn't it seems kind of interesting that what would happen if that got used against someone who didn't want to be human and wanted to be a skeleton? What would that be the outcome? And being the Warsmith and Flameheart are two perfect people for this situation, I think it would be very interesting for them to write in into the story uh, us or, or, you know, someone from the Athena fortune uh, side of things to or maybe even Tasha herself. I hadn't even considered that until now, but uh, Tasha herself actually um, giving up the opportunity to save herself from becoming a skeleton 
at the opportunity to prevent Flameheart from being resurrected in his human form, uh, the way we've seen him in some of the comics, uh, to be able to keep him as a skeleton. That would be interesting. Or maybe the opposite, you know, keeping him as a human so that he could be killed and stopped. Um, lots of different ways that I could see this kind of going. So I'm, I'm very excited about what's going to happen in the future with the next adventure. Uh, again, please, if you've done it, I don't want to know. And, and honestly, you would be breaking NDA if you did tell me, even DMs. Um, it's just one of those things that I'd rather not get spoiled about because I'm going to be looking forward to it. So if you're going to be doing that, I'm going to be very cautious about the things that I see when people message me about things um, and my mods as well. We'll probably be keeping an eye out for that as well because uh, we do respect the NDA in our, in the Keel Hall Discord. So um, if it's under NDA, you're not supposed to talk about it. But I am looking forward to the, to the discussion that could come up as a result of uh, what could happen with this cursed cannonball. And that actually leads me into the next story. Next up on today's docket, let's go to the emails. I got an email this week from one of the listeners who's very engaged with the community as well as the lore of the game. And I wanted to address this because I think it's a fabulous topic of discussion. It's something that really kind of harkens to the how much do we ignore for the sake of a game being a game versus how much attention does Rare put into the game to make sure that everything is explained? It's really hard to tell um, with this topic how things are going to pan out. And if anyone has friends that are devs or can uh, contact any of the devs that deal with this kind of thing, I would love for them to kind of reach out and see if they can address some of these concerns. And the concerns are as follows. And I'll kind of read from the email here. Uh, how do you feel about the seemingly lack of lore that came with the Hourglass of Fate? Season 8 rolled around and suddenly every ship has an Hourglass aboard that allows them to magically dive and match in battles. And we just kind of accept that that's how things are. It's possible that they missed it or that I missed it, the, the uh, writer speaking from their perspective. Uh, it's possible that I missed it. But has there been any explanation for this incredible new device on our ships, and why both sides agreed to have it? I haven't seen any lore content creators even address this. It's odd to me, the writer, as Mike and the gang have always been so methodical with providing lore explanations for changes to the world. I have my own theories as where the hourglass came come from. Personally, I imagine the following. That the ferryman created the hourglass of fate acting as a kind of arbiter of war, giving both Flameheart and Ramsey the opportunity to use this, so that they can finally decide who rules the seas of Sea of Thieves. And for the duration of this battle, the ferryman will allow both sides, skeletons included, to pass through the doors. Even the design of the hourglass reminds me of the ferryman, but it could be just as easily be some sort of ancient device. Did the resurrected ancient great warrior create them? They go on to say that I'm putting on my tinfoil hat now, but part of me imagines Rare had a cinematic trailer written for season 8, and it was just too expensive to produce. Or, and this is really diving deep, pardon the pun, into conspiracy land, season 8 is Andrew Preston's baby. And maybe, just maybe, Mike Chapman isn't as invested in the concept, and therefore chose not to devote narrative time to it. Or, a lore explanation is coming. Briggsy did mention something about an hourglass at the end of the Secret Wilds. They say that they're done, and thanks for reading. Uh, they just had to get this off of their chest. And I have to say that they bring up some very valid questions. My personal theory on this is that this is a team that was devoted to reincarnating Arena in Sea of Thieves. That much like har harpoons kind of appearing in the world and robots seemingly come out of, coming out of nowhere... This was just a way for the team to be able to address some of the main concerns of what was lacking in the game itself from a uh, PvP perspective. I really do think that the team has an idea of what the lore behind the Hourglass is, and we may find out soon in the future... Um, 
it's hard to tell like how soon, but I imagine that it is something that might actually get addressed at some point. Some of the plot holes that I think you bring up are uh, really good. I do think it is kind of an interesting thing that now that we have skeleton curses in the game, the lore aspect is saying that we are giving up our flesh and becoming eternal skeletons. This is interesting given that we can take off the curse at any time, but canon wise you would be giving yourself to uh the athena's fortune to be able to acquire the curse which also conflicts with the idea that if you have the ability to uh get both curses then you can be a ghost or a skeleton at any point in time and thus it kind of conflicts with what is the canonical history for your pirate. That is something that's always going to be up to you. So you will have to decide what is canonical. There's plenty of times where I've taken off my peg leg or hook for my uh, character for the sake of a photo or a costume or something, what have you. But canonically, my character does have a peg leg hook and an eye patch. So it does kind of beg into question, why does the ferryman decide to allow skeletons who have given themselves to Athena's fortune to pass through the doors. Whose side is the ferryman on? Does he have a side? Is he on his own battle? Or does he just maintain the, the souls that come in and come out of the Sea of the Damned from the Sea of Thieves? This is all really interesting to me. I think it's a great way to kind of dive into why the ferryman does what he does who is he beholden to because we know that he does have ties to ramsey and pendragon who is now trapped in the sea of the damned an interesting thing given that pendragon was uh supposedly dragged in there through a painting and the ferryman travels the sea of the damned quite a bit so if anyone had an idea about where pendragon is trapped he might be the one he might also be the one that has a good idea of where the new temple is, the, the temple that we discovered from the secret wilds. I'm very interested to find out more about the temple, but the question does linger in my mind now that it's brought up. Why does the ferryman allow skeletons to pass through the doors on his ship? Does he maybe hope that there's some sort of redemption in the history or, or in the future for them that they may come back to a state that is more human or maybe the ferryman recognizes the souls of a person and not what they look like or what curses are bared on them i'm always kind of wondering about these kind of things but every once in a while i slip up and i miss these and i really have to thank uh the the writer who who decided to um put in the time to kind of write this they put in cheers most expendable uh you know who you are and, and i wanted to thank you personally for uh, writing this in because it's a fabulous idea to have to try and unroll or unravel, I guess. And I would really like to charge the Sea of Thieves dev team, um, Chris Alcock, Mike Chapman, uh, all the, the folks that are writing on the narrative team there to try and find ways to address this in game. You've done such a great job of divulging the secrets of things that allow us to pass to and from the Sea of the Damned. You've let us know the, under, uh, the reasonings behind why some curses are uh, less effective than others. Uh, we found out plenty of things in the world tying to the ancients now, and I would love to have better explanation about this outside of the, we wanted to use some way for people to engage in PVP on demand. The design is fantastic. I love the Hourglass of Fate, even though it draws out the, the most anxious parts of me. And I really do hope that there is some lore tied to it. Because I do know that there is some lore that's actually tied to the Reaper's Lair. There is a very interesting tree down there, and I've heard some interesting things about it. I don't know a whole lot about it, and I'm waiting patiently. Mm, I don't know if I'm waiting patiently. I'm kind of impatient about it. But I'm waiting, nonetheless, because I have no choice, to try and find out more about what's going on down in the Reaper's Lair. I think a lot of that is going to tie into Flameheart Sr. and what will eventually happen with his resurrection if that does in fact come as a result of the last community decision. There's lots for us to uncover this year and I don't necessarily think we need to have another pirate's life to be able to be fulfilled narratively with the lore and characters in Sea of Thieves. 
The last thing I wanted to dive into may actually be the most important, not necessarily because it is time limited or something you can earn in game, but it is something that you can do as part of the Sea of Thieves community to help others in need. And this is a story that actually came to us from Polygon, uh, from Cass Mitchell, or excuse me, not Mitchell. I don't know why I was thinking Mitchell. Cass Marshall, uh, who is one of the nice writers over at Polygon who has been on this podcast. Uh, they wrote up a very nice article that actually dives into Dread Pirate Doug, who has been on the show multiple times as well, too. Uh, they are in charge of the Race of Legends. They are also the ones that are trying to head up, and, and by they, I mean Doug. Uh, they are the ones that are trying to head up the American Sea of Thieves or the North American Sea of Thieves Fest that will hopefully take place this summer, pending all, uh, all things that he needs to do to kind of get that set up. Um, and one of the things that was written up about this article and the tagline is great, is how Sea of Thieves Pirates teamed up with the Parkinson's Foundation inside a successful charity stream collaboration. Now, many of you may be aware of the streamers on Twitch and how a lot of them do stuff for charities. Uh, Twitch has recently made it extremely easy for you to be able to pick a charity for those to be able to donate directly to. I know that the, the charity that my wife works for uh, is represented on Twitch and my Twitch stream is... Uh, dedicated to helping her or her charity uh, earn money in the future. So um, I'm always kind of looking to try and do that if I ever get time or feel feel comfortable jumping back on stream. But this was a really fantastic article and I kind of read some I uh, want to read some of it so that you guys can get an idea. But Cass uh, Marshall did a, a fantastic write up for this. And it's just a testament. Again, it, it happens a fair amount of the time. And we used to get uh, some really nice um charity cosmetics that were put into the actual pirate emporium uh, with the emporium we had the opportunity to donate to certain causes to purchase items to be able to get cosmetics specifically sales to go to those different foundations uh, and recently we just had becky frost um, from the special effect uh, charity actually joined the rare team which really does kind of help me feel like there's going to be an invigoration of charity streams or charity things to coming to sea of thieves to help other foundations uh, so to read about this it was because of the sea of thieves community and specifically the race of legends uh, who uh, shout out to tri-headed monkey who just hit pirate or uh, first mate legend i believe on twitter it was very important doug was very very explicit about how important it was um but they teamed up with uh the the race of legends folks and the the parkinson's foundation um which is a non-profit if you're not too familiar parkinson's is a uh, is a very it's a very devastating uh disease unfortunately it's one that really affects uh, a lot of people and uh, as you get older and it really does tend to cripple a lot of folks um it's uh something that i i <sighs> I hope I never have to deal with it, and I hope no one ever has to deal with it, which is kind of the point of what the Parkinson's Foundation is all about. Um, but Doug, Doug actually had a nice little uh, a quote in here that I wanted to read so that everyone gets a sense of what's going on with Doug. So if you ever feel like you're impatient about the news for North America's Sea of Thieves Fest, uh, think back to this quote and what Doug is dealing with just on his personal life. He goes on to say, last year, my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's and it hit me and my family pretty hard. That's when we started raising money for Parkinson's Foundation. We did several events called Clash for a Cause, where we did a day of Sea of Thieves events back to back. People are extremely generous and we raised over $30,000 in all of those different events. This was one of the main things that uh, I love about the Sea of Thieves community is we always tend to come together for charities. And I see this across the gaming sphere. Uh, Twitch is really good uh, at being a medium for those who feel like they can donate. Um, and, and many people are very, very generous, especially uh, given that for a lot of us, um, being able to donate is also uh, helpful towards taxes. So there's always some sort of gain, if, if not just the, the sense of knowing that the money that you're putting towards this is helping others. Um, even if it's not a person that you directly know, it will help others. Uh, he goes on to say, or I'm sorry, this was actually, um, so that, uh, 
Cass actually managed to get in touch with the Parkinson's Foundation and actually got to speak with them about this. Uh, and they said that we we do new and non-traditional fundraising, including fitness and endurance related fundraising, or what we call DIY or do-it-yourself fundraising, where people come up with their own events and ideas and we help them get it off the ground, says Zachary Orner, uh, a national manager of found, uh, fundraising events at the Parkinson's Foundation. Uh, Cass went on to write, Doug started a conversation with the nonprofit, which expressed interest in collaboration, but Orner says the Parkinson Foundation quickly realized that the streaming world was both full of potential and incredibly complex. However, they were prepared thanks to a streamer on staff. Uh, so Michelle Scott actually uh, was quoted in this and says, I started streaming about three or four years ago. At first, I just streamed, but I started to really get into charity streaming. I liked putting events together, bringing the community together. Uh, her history actually includes games like Call of Duty, Apex Legends, and of course, Sea of Thieves. Uh, and the Parkinson's Foundation allowed her to use her passion for a day job and her connections to gamers like Doug proved to be a valuable asset. Uh, she says, I started talking to Doug and then reached out to a couple of other people. And we started on the ground, uh, on the ground finding those content creators who have a love of raising money for charity. Doug connected with the Parkinson's Foundation and the initiative has gone further than any single charity stream. Now, the foundation maintains a stream team called the Parkinson's Champions and raises funds for events on Twitch. The organization's first event in December attracted over 4,000 viewers and raised over $16,000 for the cause. One of the things I really love about this um, is that a, Polygon is writing up an article and Cass is heading it up. Uh, she's a huge fan of Sea of Thieves and stays connected to the community on a regular basis. B, that Doug is involved with this and that he is personally affected by this and that he is doing a lot of really good work to try and draw attention to this cause because he knows that he's not the only one that's had to deal with this. And then C is the passion and generosity of a bunch of smelly pirates i'm gonna i'm gonna call you guys smelly i'm sorry you're either you either smell like salt pineapples bananas puke or fish there's lots of things in sea of thieves that make us smelly but y'all are a bunch of smelly pirates and i couldn't love you anymore because the amount of generosity that comes from this community is amazing it's fantastic i i really love how much we can all tend to do for this type of stuff i love seeing the different charities uh Joe Clifford, one of the, the CMs on the team for Sea of Thieves, was just recently doing a community uh, stream as well. In, in even during a time when it was really tough because Xbox servers were having issues. So not many people were able to actually get into the game and they just kept pushing forward. They just kept going on. Whoever could get in on the galleon, they would. They would sail around and they took it really chill. But it was really beautiful to see that they were doing another charity stream. Um, if I'm ever streaming... And I'm, I'm letting you guys know right now, I'm not a big Twitch streamer. I've, I've kind of realized that over the years and years and years that I've been streaming, I don't have the time to dedicate to be a streamer and I don't necessarily believe I'm as interesting on a Twitch stream, but I love talking to people. I love talking in general, but I love talking to folks in the stream about Sea of Thieves as well as who I'm playing with. And one of the things that I wanted to tell you, I have a Patreon for the podcast. You guys all know that. You listen to this, you hear the patron callouts. That is the best way to help me. If you want to help uh, through streaming, don't worry about subscribing to me because that money is going to mostly go to Twitch. I rarely ever see a paycheck from Twitch. I mostly see paychecks from uh, uh, Patreon. Though That's where I get a majority of your support. What I would like is if you're currently subbed to me on Twitch, consider taking that sub and either giving it to a, another streamer who is trying to get full time and needs that support or consider giving it to the charity that I support as well too. I go through Life Steps. Life Steps is a fantastic charity. They are out there trying to get homes, trying to get clothes, trying to get food for those that are down on their luck, who don't have that kind of support, who don't have the family or are trying to get their family into a better place. And Life Steps is constantly out there trying to get people educated, trying to get them jobs, trying to get them homes, 
closed. They're trying to get people back on their feet because everyone falls on hard times at some point and not everyone has the support structure to be able to maintain that. So I love that my wife works for Life Steps. It's a fantastic uh, organization and she works herself uh, to the bone, making sure that she can try and keep things uh, um, in control because she works in the, the accounting department there. So she's constantly dealing with uh, all of the donations, all of the payroll, stuff like that um, for that that organization. And again, I, I don't need the Twitch money. I get the Patreon money. That helps me. If you're on Twitch and you're coming to my channel, I appreciate the support. Please consider donating it to life steps or to the the parkinson's foundation any of these charities will will take that money and do a lot more with it than the occasional quarterly check that i get for uh twitch that's like you know somewhere between 80 to 100 bucks i would much rather your money go to a foundation who can help someone who really really needs it the patreon is the best place for you to support me as a content creator to make sure that i'm taking care of the bills that come for this podcast so that's kind of my soapbox twitch i really don't do this too often this is kind of a, an outlier but Cass wrote up the article, Doug did the event, the Sea of Thieves community came out in full force and supported. This is me just kind of jumping on the coattails at this point and just trying to ride the ride the run that they're going on. Um, because I, I love you guys all and I really appreciate the work that you put into and you all are so fantastic about this that I really, I really can't wait to see what the next big step is for the Sea of Thieves community. What's the next really cool thing that's going to push us into the games industry news uh, that will make people stand up and recognize and be like, dang, you know, we know Sea of Thieves is one of the biggest games on Game Pass. We know that it's a really big game on Steam. A ton of players play it all the time. But we had no idea that they that they were able to raise X amount of money for X, X foundation and really make an impact in that area. That's what I look forward to seeing on a regular basis. And I'm really, really hoping that Becky is able to uh, work with Rare to try and get better contacts for charity organizations to be able to bring more content through the game that is charity based. I really love the sales. I think it's fantastic. They could totally use that to try and um, get more money because they, they've always done a really good job of raising money through those sales. It's fantastic. But I would really love to see some more of those come through. Let's get a Parkinson's sale in the game. I would support that in a heartbeat. I would 100% put some money down to get a sale to, to put that on. I love some of the Valiant Dawn ones. Like the, There's so many good ones out there, but I would love to see that. And that's kind of why I wanted to end the episode because usually when we're when we're listening to podcast you guys may forget some of the stuff that i talked about at the beginning of the episode it's been an hour you're, you're busy you're you're beautiful people constantly putting in a lot of effort but i figured at the end of the episode why not talk about charities why not take into consideration some of the things that are going on in the sea of thieves community outside of all the hackers outside of the people that are trying to ruin other people's days Let's talk about the good for the community. And I would love to hear more stories about this too. So if you have an event that's coming up that is for uh, charity, feel free to let me know. There is a channel in the Discord just for charity streams. So if there's something that's coming up that you want to promote as well too, the Discord is available for you to be able to promote that charity stream. I would love to have people from my community go over and show support, even if they're just bumping up the view number because the view number will push that person higher up into the rankings and give them a little bit more uh, uh, kind of noticeability to anyone looking for Sea of Thieves. And maybe they're feeling generous. Maybe, maybe they were looking for something to do and they feel, you know, oh, you know, I never knew that so-and-so was doing a charity stream on Sea of Thieves. I love Sea of Thieves. And I'm, I have a family member that is afflicted with X um, thing. And I would love to be able to support them uh, because I know that that foundation helped my family member. That's a, it's a, it's a little thing. You never know what's going to happen. But gamers are very generous when it comes to wanting to help organizations. And that's Sea of Thieves is one of the best ones out there, in my opinion. So I'm going to leave it on this. I will say that if you guys want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do it. Head over to the show notes in this case. I've got a list of all the places you can find me. It's the same as it is every single week. If you want to write in an email, I would love to hear your thoughts, just like we got in with this email. I love to talk about them on the podcast, give you some thoughts 
thoughts, see if I can dig in there and find some information. I checked everywhere. I really could not find anything about the hourglass of fate outside of talking to the actual devs, which I want to give them the opportunity to really kind of showcase that stuff if that's what they want to do. I don't want to just be like, hey, what's the thing here and the Billy Blob thing and whatnot and leave it at that and then give you guys that that cold information and if they had something cool planned because you never know. They, they may actually have something really cool, but that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Uh, head over to um, uh, YouTube if you want to subscribe to like, um, head over to the Discord to say hi, uh, share this with your friends, share this with those that are looking for to, uh, get it, to get into Sea of Thieves. And if you don't know, um, I have to show this because uh, Luke Lore over at the Xbox Expansion Pass has invited me as a co-host. He's been doing some fantastic work with there, and I absolutely love spending my Saturday Saturday mornings sitting down to talk with him about all of the Xbox gaming news. So just search Xbox Expansion Pass if you want to find the content that I'm making with him. I love it. It's great content. I really, really love chatting with him about that stuff. And we've got some really exciting news in the future for uh, interviews, for, for ideas that we're doing. The Xbox wrap-up is kicking back up uh, as a Patreon exclusive for his show, where we'll be talking about just about everything that we want to. Um, I think we're going to be ranking the, the Halo games for our first one um, and potentially talking about some movies as well, too. But that's over at the Xbox Expansion Pass. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. Following is a public service announcement from the starter set Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your D&D campaign. This is the starter set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's Howl's Moving Castle mm -hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. <laughs> Because one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. Plop. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. <laughs> so join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions?